All right. Well, we're going to start tonight. Um, I, I call this the supernatural power of God sermon. Um, it's really about the Great Commission, but there's so much supernatural here that I just love it. You know, when I found out about God's power and his manifestations, I was so excited because I was, I grew up in a denominational church that really didn't teach too much about the power of God. And we didn't know, I should say, I didn't hear a lot about the infilling of the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Ghost. So when I found out at age 17 that there was a lot more than I realized, I was so excited. I thought, I'm going to tell the whole world about the infilling of the Holy Spirit. I will never leave it out of my sermons, you know, or my messages. I'm going to tell them, and I'm going to try to get as many people filled with the Holy Ghost as I can. And I went back to my high school, and I told everybody about it. My two best friends did get filled with the Holy Ghost. But after that, (laughs) there weren't so many people interested. I thought, what's wrong with y'all? This is so exciting. You can speak in other tongues. It's the supernatural power of God. And they looked at me like, a cow looking at a new gate. <laughs> I didn't know what to say to that. But I was thrilled, and I, I am just as thrilled today that people yeah. can be filled with the Holy Ghost. Um, David and I are going to Brazil tomorrow to preach, and uh, we give invitations, of course, for salvation and the infilling of the Holy Ghost every time we go to these different parts of Brazil, and we see so many saved and so many filled with the Holy Ghost. It's just such a beautiful experience. And uh, it just it just makes your whole trip uh, worthwhile, no matter how you know difficult it can be sometimes to do a lot of meetings in 20 days, like three meetings a day for 20 days is a lot. But when you see their faces and how they're delivered and set free by the power of the Spirit, and then so many miracles, amen, signs and wonders, healings, people instantly healed. It's just such a beautiful thing. So in, in praying for our uh, missions trip tomorrow, I decided to preach this tonight just yeah. to remind us of God's plan for man. <laughs> and so uh, Mark 16, verse 15, and he said unto them, this is Mark 16, 15, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. So not only does he tell us to go, but he tells us what to preach. He said, preach the gospel. Hallelujah. And, you know, the gospel is good news. We we used to go soul winning years ago. Um, in our, when I was in my 20s, we'd go door to door every Saturday and uh, kind of canvas all of Panama City Beach that we could. And we had a little track and it said, if you haven't heard the good news, you haven't heard the gospel yet. Amen. If you haven't heard the good news, you haven't heard the gospel yet. So the gospel is good news to mankind that Jesus Christ, hallelujah, has redeemed you. Amen. That he died for your sins, for your sicknesses, for your poverty. For your sorrows and your grief and all the things that the devil has tried to put on mankind, Jesus, because of his death, burial, and resurrection, has set you free. Amen. Given you new life through his precious blood. And so we're to go forth into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth 
and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. That's the first thing. Now, it being October, we know it's Halloween coming up and you know, it's fun. It's wonderful for kids. Fun, fun. You know, our our particular neighborhood is really pretty decorated. It's interesting how people like to put up skeletons and they have well, in one yard there's a big witch and it's like flying in the in midair. It's really something and it's kind of scary, isn't it? <laughs> but all kinds of stuff, you know, that that's you know, and that's all fun and games. Ha ha. But we do have to know that there's an occult and yeah. there are demons and the devil is real. So that part of what the scripture says, we need to pay attention. Amen. Because the Bible says he is our adversary. There is an adversary and that that is the devil and uh, demonic forces. And so what does he tell us to do? Cast out the devils. Cast out the devils. Hallelujah. And that, you know, you have power to do that. We don't have to be afraid of Satan. We don't have to be afraid of the enemy's power and demonic forces. We can tread on him. Praise God. He is under our feet. And we need to keep him where he belongs instead of uh, let him act out or let him scare people, especially Christians. Some Christians are really scared of the devil. You don't need to be scared of the devil. God in you is greater than any power of darkness. Hallelujah. And so we need to keep that in mind as well. When the devil starts acting up, cast him out. Um, They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall... Recover. So then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat down on the right hand of God. And they went forth and preached everywhere. The Lord working with them. You are not alone when you're proclaiming the gospel. Amen. You're not alone. He is there. And he works with us. And he confirms the word with signs following. So when you're... to declaring these things when you're ministering to people when you're preaching these things you're going to see these signs that uh are here and we're we're going to go over them again i want to read verse 20 out of the amplified it says and they went out and preached everywhere while the lord kept working with them and confirming the message by attesting signs and miracles that closely accompanied it Closely accompanied. And and then it said, Amen, so be it. Praise God. Amen, so, be it. so we're going to see these things uh, on our in our trip to Brazil. Praise God. And you'll see them here in the church while we're gone. Praise God. Amen. Yeah. We can expect that. Hallelujah. Um, let's look at casting out devils. I just want to give you some examples of... A little bit here just to get our minds again on the supernatural power of God, his delivering power. Mark chapter 9, look at verse 17. Mark chapter 9 and verse 17. 
And one of the multitude answered and said, Master, I have brought unto thee my son, which hath a dumb spirit. And wheresoever he goeth, he teareth him, and he foameth and gnasheth with his teeth and pineth away. In other words, he's wasting away. And I spake to the disciples that they should cast him out, and they could not. He answered him and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. And they brought him unto him. And when he saw him, straightway the spirit tear him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming. So this is a demon-possessed boy, dumb spirit, he said. The father said that. And uh, so he couldn't speak. And so he's acting out with this uh, demon is acting out through him. And he asked his father, how long is it ago this came unto him? And he said, of a child. And oftentimes, now isn't that cruel of the enemy, the devil, to get in a child? So cruel, isn't it? And oftentimes it hath cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. That's the enemy's plan right there. Just know he is wanting to destroy humanity. He wants to kill, steal, and destroy. But if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said unto him, if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. What a statement from our Lord. All things are possible. And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help thou my unbelief. <laughs> Isn't that something you can have? Um, Brother Hagin used to say, you can have faith in your heart and some doubts in your head yeah. still. But God goes with your heart. He looks on the heart. Hallelujah. So just stay strong in faith in your heart. And I believe as we declare the word and as we speak it out, as we meditate on it, that means to mutter it. Many times those doubts in our head are diminished. Amen. So it helps our head hook up with our heart. But God looks on the heart and we see here that this prayer was answered um, because he said, uh, you know, I, Lord, I believe. (laughs) Lord, I believe. Amen. (laughs) Help thou my unbelief. When Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the foul spirit, saying unto him, unto him, Thou dumb and deaf spirit. Now, he didn't say he had a deaf spirit, but every, every, uh, in, in seeing this, we know that Jesus knows what all is going on. And he knew that there were two things here uh, that were keeping this boy from speaking and from hearing. Yeah. I charge thee, come out of him and enter no more into him. And the spirit cried and rent him sore and came out of him. Just acted up even after Jesus spoke to it. But Jesus didn't say anything else. He just said, you know, that one thing, come out. And then, uh, you know, Jesus has faith too, right? Doesn't matter what they do after that. They have to come out. Praise God. Hallelujah. And then he was uh, was as one dead, insomuch that many said, he is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. Hallelujah. Praise God. A beautiful uh, testimony of the delivering power 
of God. Now look over in Mark 5. We're already in the book of Mark. Here's one more example we'll look at tonight. Mark chapter 5 and verse 1. Cast out the devil. We are to do the works that Jesus did and greater works. Hallelujah. And they came over unto the other side of the sea into the country of the Gadarenes. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs, living in a cemetery. That's how crazy the devil will make you. And no man could bind him, no, not with chains. Uh, One of the other uh, gospel Gospels also said about this same account that he was cutting himself with stones. Um, Just, again, destructive and cruel. How demonic this is. So, uh, because that he, verse 4, had been often bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had, had been plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broken in pieces, Neither could any man tame him. So they uh, could not restrain him. This supernatural power is very strong. And he uh, could break chains or whatever they tried to restrain him with. And And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs crying and cutting himself. Well, here it is right here with stones. So you see that this guy couldn't sleep. Night and day, he's being... Uh, driven by this horrible uh, demonic force. And when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him and cried with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou son of the most high God? I adjure thee by God that thou uh, torment me not. For he said unto him, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And he asked him, What is thy name? And he answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. And he besought him much that he would not send him uh, out of the country. Um, now there was there nigh unto the mountains a great herd of swine feeding. And all of the devils besought him, saying, Send us into the swine that we may enter into them. And forthwith Jesus gave them leave. And the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine. And the herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea. They were about 2,000. And were choked in the sea, or or they drowned in the sea. And they that fed the swine fled and told in the city and in the country. And they went out to see what it was that was done. And they came to Jesus and and to see him that was possessed with the devil. And had the legion, legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind that... God can give you your right mind back. Amen. Um, and, of course, uh, Brother Lester Summerall used to say, the devil tries to take clothes off of people. God puts clothes on people. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting thought there, isn't it? Um, so he was sitting clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. We were uh, teaching. I was teaching today on my podcast about Mary Magdalene, and David and I had talked about it last night a little bit. Because the Bible says she had seven devils and Jesus cast out seven devils. And it's twice recorded in in the Gospels about these seven devils. And I kept asking the Lord, why 
why would you record that? How embarrassing. <laughs> Wouldn't you hate for your name to be there and then forever in the Bible? Uh, Scarlett Horton, who had ten devils or something, you know, and you think, do you have to say that? <laughs> you know? And so, um, but the Holy Spirit told me that with, you know, with that example of her being so important to him and to his ministry, that she was a supporter, Luke chapter 8 says that she gave continually of her wealth. She was a wealthy person, wealthy woman, and she gave continually supporting the ministry of the gospel as he went throughout the earth with his disciples. He, she was always, in any grouping, she was always named first. She was there at the crucifixion. She was there first at the tomb. And Jesus even told her, go tell my disciples that I've risen from the dead. So she was the first really to preach the gospel. A woman, think about that. And some say that she was an apostle to the apostles sent by Jesus. Amen. Interesting. She was a very important woman. And uh, we believe, too, that uh, I know that it's been taught through the church age that she was possibly a prostitute. But really, if you read these uh, demonic stories and how Jesus exercised them and uh, expelled them, you don't really see any sexual um, behavior in any of the examples. Uh, it really is usually more mental anguish or psychological like this guy. He was unclean spirit, didn't say anything about sexual things, but he was living in the tombs or, you know, cemetery, and he was screaming, cutting himself. That sounds like almost like mental illness, wouldn't you think? Yeah. And um, there's a lot of cutting that goes on today, unfortunately. So right. you can see the demonic force at work, but, it, again, it wasn't anything sexual. And I think that, uh, as David and I talked about it, really sexual Im- uh, immorality is lust. And you can't cast out flesh. <laughs> you know, you got to renew your mind and um, yeah. you know continue your fellowship in the Word of God and stand on uh, the fact that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus and let the Lord help you overcome that really lust that's out of control. I don't think you can cast out lust, right? So... I know that there are demons that get involved with anything horrible. I understand that. But I think that the example there um, is that it usually is physical infirmity, like the woman that was bowed over for 18 years. And the Lord said there was a spirit of infirmity. And he dealt with that spirit, and she immediately was made straight. So there is this, the sickness part of it there that can be, can be uh, a demon. Or, you know, the mental part here, of course, that we saw, that we see in this story. Amen? Does that make sense? So I don't know. I don't think that Mary Magdalene was a prostitute. I have a feeling that she was a very wealthy woman. She probably suffered mentally. I don't know what. Maybe depression, anxiety. Maybe, you know, uh, it could be, you know, horrible anguish like this person was going through but whatever it was jesus cast those devils out 
and she was made free. And I think she was very grateful because she stuck with him. She did. She wasn't the churchgoer that got real enthusiastic for a couple of years and then quit. She was there throughout. <laughs> Amen. And mentioned 12 times in the New Testament, which is really remarkable for a woman to be mentioned that many times. Hallelujah. So uh, let's let's go on here a little more with Mark chapter 16. It says, uh, they will speak with new tongues. I love the subject of speaking in other tongues. What a supernatural power of God. Hallelujah. And the neat thing about it is that it's for every believer. Anybody filled with the Holy Ghost. I mean, anybody saved can be filled with the Holy Ghost. Anybody, it doesn't matter how young you are or how old you are. Uh, not too long ago, uh, my grandson was visiting us. He's He was 10 at that time. He's 11 now, but um, we actually baptized him in our pool. And um, then when he came up out of the water, I said, do you want to be filled with the Holy Ghost? And he said, yes. And so we prayed for him and he started speaking in tongues. Yeah. Hallelujah. So, you know, it's not hard. People think, well, I could never do that. It's not difficult. Jesus doesn't give us difficult things to do. He, he said, my, you know, my way of life is easy. <laughs> Praise God. It's light. My burden's light. He's not trying to burden you with something that you can't figure it out or do it. All you do with his stuff is receive it. Yes. Amen. With humility, just being humble and saying, I'll receive it. Praise God. I'll receive the fullness of the Holy Spirit in my life. And then when you do that, you, then you're able to speak in other tongues. Hallelujah. And it's such a powerful gift for so many reasons. We won't go into all those reasons tonight. That'll be another teaching for another time. But I do want to read Acts 2-4 just to remind us of this wonderful day called Pentecost. And when the day of Pentecost, Acts 2-1, was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And they, uh, there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Um, and so this is such a wonderful gift. And it wasn't just for those who were in that room at that time. We see it happening uh, 10 years later, 20 years later. Look at Acts chapter 19. This is about 20 years after the day of Pentecost. And we see that it's still going on, praise God, and you know it's still going on today, that people are being filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, I, I used to laugh because we would hear people say, well, when the last apostle died, <laughs> that's when it all ended. And, uh, you know, they would act out, they would see the last apostle with his cane, and he's barely making it, and he falls over dead, and then that's it, no more. Well, how ridiculous is that? It's not like the Holy Spirit died, right? Just a man. And so, uh, you know, if you if you 
would read through the book of Acts, you'll see again and again how beautiful this, these uh, people were uh, receiving so easily the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Acts chapter 19, and uh, we'll start with verse 1. And it came to pass that Apollos was at Corinth. Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus and finding certain disciples, he said unto them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said unto him, We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. Many churches don't mention the Holy Spirit uh, too much. Um, I I was in one of those churches for years growing up. And we, you know, my mother, she knew there was more to God than just being saved. But she didn't know what it was. And so every Sunday she would rededicate her life. That's the only thing they offered besides salvation was rededication. So she'd rededicate every Sunday, yeah. rededicate, rededicate. And it wasn't like she was in deep sin or anything. She just wanted more. And finally... Mount Perrin Church of God uh, was there in Atlanta, and we were there, and she went, and she found out there was more. There was the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And that began the start for all of us in our family to receive the Holy Spirit. So we could relate to this. We just really hadn't heard that there was, that there be any Holy Ghost. Then he said unto them, unto what then were you baptized? And they said, John's baptism. Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied. And all the men were about twelve. Hallelujah. Filled with the Holy Ghost so easily. And not only did they speak in tongues, they also spoke by the Spirit of God, prophesying, speaking inspired utterance. Hallelujah. Okay, so the next uh, sign that will follow believers uh, is that they would take up serpents. Now look at Acts. We're in the book of Acts. Look at Acts 28. We see this instance here with Paul. And they had been shipwrecked. You can read it. It's wonderful, uh, all the things that happened here. But they had uh, been saved, actually, from a shipwreck. Acts 28, and when they were escaped, then they knew that the island was called Melita. And the barbarous people showed us no little kindness, for they kindled a fire and received us, every one, because of the present rain and because of the cold. And when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, there came a viper out of the heat, in other words, a snake, fastened on his hand. And the barbarians saw the venomous beast hanging on his hand, and they said among themselves, No doubt this man is a murderer, whom though he has escaped the sea, yet vengeance suffered not to live. So they're calling him, you know, he's a bad guy for this to happen to him. And he shook off the beast into the fire and felt no harm. Howbeit they looked when he should have swollen or fallen down dead suddenly. But after they looked a great while and saw no harm come to him, they changed their minds and said, he's a god. (laughs) 
<laughs> how people can change their minds so drastically within a matter of an hour or so. <laughs> no. That's why we don't live our mind, our life in the mind of other people because they could change so rapidly that we can't even keep up with it. We live our life to please the Lord. Amen. And people pleasing, you know, shouldn't be our agenda. You can't ever please everybody. But hallelujah, you can please the Lord. He's very pleased with you. Amen. So we see here that Paul, uh, even though he was bit by a venomous snake, a, it says beast. It must have been a big snake um, that it brought no harm to him. And I believe that this is just a testimony that you don't have to be afraid in your daily walk. If something happens like this, we can trust the Lord. Amen. This was an uh, unexpected, accidental, uh, uh, horrible thing that happened. But Paul survived and didn't even have any symptoms. I uh, remember David telling the testimony of his cat. She, Lucy, we still have Lucy. And she got bit by a snake. In the, they took her to the vet. Uh, and the vet said, well, uh, we don't know if she will survive it, but for 2000 whatever dollars, <laughs> we could try. <laughs> and uh, David said, well, she's a $20 cat. <laughs> I'd spend thousands on, and they don't even know if she'll make it or not. So uh, David said, you know, well, maybe we just should put her down. And the Holy Spirit spoke up in him and said, nope, wrong call. So he said, we'll just come get her at the vet. Well, they didn't like it at all. They said, you know, she's suffering and she's, you know, you're, you know, she's going to foam and all the stuff that will happen and you're cruel and et cetera. But when you hear from God, you need to follow God. Amen. So she, he said they were driving home and Lucy's in the back seat meowing and, and, uh, David said, Lucy, keep your mind quiet and on Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> spoke to the cat keep your mind quiet and on jesus and so when they got home she ran in she ate a bowl of food and slept for 12 hours yeah. and she was fine praise the lord so you know even our animals can be our are blessed of the lord that's what we say over our animals but isn't it interesting how poison is not greater than god so if, you know, if things are uh, happening in your body, you know, know that God is greater. Even if the report is really bad, if the diagnosis is really bad, God's word is greater. Amen. And his covenant with you is greater than any of that. So you can expect the impossible. This was impossible that this man would survive this. And he did. Um, and they recognized it so much that they said, you're a God, because they knew what kind of snake that was. And they knew the harm that could be done. Um, and then the next uh, sign that we see is, if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not harm them. Now, that's beautiful, too, because uh, you never know what's in the food or drink at times. If you ingest things, you, sometimes you don't know the harm that it can bring. Um, David and I actually, when we, we got the COVID vaccination because we couldn't travel overseas without it at that time, um, they were very strict 
if you're going to go do anything overseas. And we're called to preach overseas, so we had to get the vaccination. But we stood on the scripture um, and we prayed together. We said, if we ingest any deadly thing here, it will not harm us. Amen. So we went with confidence and knowing that God's protection was with us because we we believed we were doing it for the right reason. (laughs) Really more faith in God for travel than not getting COVID. But um, we believe that um, it didn't harm us at all. Amen. So you can stand on these scriptures. Hallelujah. You can experience the power of God because of Mark chapter 16 and many, many others. Of course, uh, the last one there we see is they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. They shall recover. Isn't that something? And it doesn't say just a cold or the flu. It says any sickness. That's just a big, big word, isn't it? They shall recover. Well, what if the doctor says you won't recover? Well, God's word says you will recover. I've been reading a book that uh, Brother Copeland sent us about a couple of weeks ago called The Covenant and the Contradiction. And um, the contradiction is the, the world always saying, what, what did the, what did the doctor say? What did the, you know, the psychiatrist say? Or what did the accountant say? And that's the contradiction to what does God say? Many times, not always, but many times it can be a contradiction there. And we go with the covenant, not the contradiction. <laughs> Amen. Go stick with your covenant because it's so powerful. So let's look at this last scripture, Luke chapter four. Praise God. Are you still with me? All right. Four more minutes or so. Um, Luke chapter 4. Look at verse 38. And he arose out of the synagogue and entered into Simon's house. And Simon's wife's mother was taken with a great fever and they besought him for her. And he stood over her and rebuked the fever and it left her. And it It left her so fast. Look at what happened. And immediately she arose and ministered unto them. The sick person that's laying in bed with a fever gets up and starts serving everybody. (laughs) Isn't that beautiful? Marie, that reminds me of your sister when she was here. And she was limping and couldn't hardly walk or stand in the fellowship hall before the service. Before the service. Pretty bad shape. Came in. The, the congregation prayed for her, hands were laid on her, and she was running up and down the aisles. And then after that service, she was serving in the back room, in the green room. She was serving the refreshments, and we were all just, praise God. Such an amazing thing. Yes. Claire, we love Claire. And so um, what, a, what an amazing uh, miracle right here at Grace Harvest Church. Hallelujah. Amen. So we see here in verse 40, now when the sun was setting, all they that had any sick with diverse diseases, diverse diseases, brought them unto him. And he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. Not one of them went away sick. And devils also came out of many crying out, saying, thou art Christ, the son of God. And he rebuking them, suffered them not to speak, for they knew that he was the Christ. 
Hallelujah. So we see every person brought to him in this instance was uh, healed by the laying on of hands. And he told us, go in my authority, go in my name. In other words, you have power of attorney to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Praise God. Even if you think, well, I'm not even a good prayer. I don't know what to really say. Um, you know, he, he didn't really say pray. He just said, lay your hands on them. Amen. <laughs> you can lay your hands on somebody and the power of God can go into them without you saying a word. Isn't that interesting? So use that power to bless and help others. Well, Father, we thank you for this evening service. We thank you, Lord, that your supernatural power is shown throughout the Bible. And we thank you, Lord. It is used on behalf of mankind to heal and to help and to deliver and to bring peace and joy and soundness of mind. And so we pray for our people here and those uh, listening on live stream, if they're struggling with anything physically or mentally, emotionally, in their relationships, we speak and declare freedom for them tonight in the name of Jesus. We cast out the devil. We resist him, and he has to flee now in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord, for healing in their bodies, that you touch them right where they are right now, and the healing power of God brings about a healing and a cure, and they recover in Jesus' name. We thank you for it, Lord. And we praise you, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, we'll see you Sunday morning at 10 a.m. God bless you.